All right. Welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B podcast. Kyle here back with Tom and Ed and guys, happy Saturday. <laughs> you said that Saturday with the tone of a very sleepy brother. <laughs> this is going to be a good episode. Can I give a shout out real quick? Mm-hmm. If there's anyone out there listening who's been down with this podcast from the very beginning, and I mean the very beginning when we almost had to kick off Ed and replace him for a couple weeks. What? <laughs> my boy, Barry Bars, if anyone remembers that name. He joined us very early on. Yep. But shout out to Barry Bars. He got married today. It's a glorious day. Happy wow. boy, boy. Yes, my wife actually saw that on Instagram and mentioned because the one time Tom and I hung out in New York years and years ago, <laughs> Barry joined us for dinner. What a great time. So shout out to my boy, the original Poison Ivy of the <laughs> Twitter streets. That's my guy. Yeah, And we used to joke. It was a running joke every week. You guys remember that someone's going to get replaced with Barry Bars. That went on for like two years. Yeah. And Barry was on a couple episodes. Yep. 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 I can Good only dude. imagine... What life would have been like if Barry had stayed on on this podcast, and how many arguments we would have about Jeremiah and Tory Lanes? That would have well, been yeah, fun. You, oh, <laughs> you think we talk a lot about Usher now? Wait until we're arguing Usher versus Tory Lanes. Oh, and don't man. forget Bryson Tiller. I mean, yes. we haven't we haven't mentioned that name enough on this podcast over the years. <laughs> Let's keep it Ugh. that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll tell you guys why I'm, I'm sleepy. I just had a Big Mac and uh. I haven't had McDonald's. I think I've had it like once since the pandemic started. Man, you can't take a break from this stuff. You take a break, you try eating it again, it'll just knock you out. Yes, you have to build up a McDonald's tolerance player. Because yeah. I only get like a, like I might get a McGriddle a couple of times a year or something weird. But I get the McRib whenever it shows up in December. So mm. I get like two McDonald's a year. I, I'm too old. I'm not built for any more than that. <laughs> now, wow. hold on a minute, Kyle. Because mm-hmm. we we, we got to put you on the stand here for a second. Yes. Listen, man, I just got the vaccine. I'm doing good. You know, I'm on the road to recovery. We are still in a pandemic here, Kyle. You look like you're fresh out the barbershop right now. Where you been? Oh yeah. You <laughs> I, ha- I had to. I had to go to the barber. It's it's open. It's uh. Oh, it's like geez. one of the only things that are still open right now. Looking good. I was looking like uh, a Dragon Ball Z character before this. So, <laughs> uh, my girlfriend told me I had to go get a haircut. So I'm like, okay, I'll go get it. No. I'll go Please get don't look like the son of Bardock <laughs> up here. But I can't blame you because I got to get my cut. Too. That is the one thing, the gym yeah. and the barbershop. That's the only two things I'll go to. The rest of the time, I'm sitting here in Soul and Stereo Studios slandering your tweets. Uh-huh. Well, well, if you're willing to risk it all with COVID, at least you'll go down with a fresh haircut. Yes, I'll well, I gotta say. leave a good looking corpse player. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... Let's get started with this week's episode. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, it's been fun, and uh, I love the comments that we see both live and after we broadcast it. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, um, YouTube. Just search up Soulback R&B Podcast, and I'm sure you'll find us there, as well as our social medias at Soulback Podcast. But Tom, it's that time again. It's time for me to dominate Ed <laughs> once again with our weekly R&B trivia. And for the people that have just started watching this, Tom, explain your trivia and why it's important. Why is it important? I don't know, other than making you guys look silly um, mm. discussing R&B. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, this is our third week of doing this. Round one was a total failure, I'd say, <laughs> across yes. the board. 
We're still trying to name one portrait song. Shout out to that portrait diehard fan who hit us up and uh, said we're hating on them. We're not hating on portrait, guys. We're not. We love portrait. They're just not, you know, memorable to the average. Am I right, Ed? Listen, I love portrait. I went blank at the time, as I mm. tend to do with some of your inane questions. I still think that if anybody listens, I get the hard questions. Kyle gets the, the softballs. But no, we love portrait. Stop trying to hate. Sound like right. a bar trying to hate. Stirring the round, round two, I think you guys are pretty good. Yep. Now we're on round three. So what this is, is I, I chose five different unique categories. I ask each of these guys a question from that category, mm -hmm. and we see who can get the most. Um, so this week, I'm going to give Ed the easy ones and Kyle the hard ones. Oh, we'll man. See we'll see about that. I feel like I always get the hard ones, Tom. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think I've given you one hard one yet. All right. Not yet. Not at all. Yeah. All, all right. right. Round one. This is the group members category. Ed's worst favorite. I hate favorite. the group members category. <laughs> hey, I, Ed, I, <laughs> I'm going to give Kyle the hard one. All right. Kyle, name we'll all see. three members of Next. Is this me or Ed? This is Kyle. You're oh, first. Oh, man. Well, we got to give a guy, uh, our guy RL a shout out. Yep. We got to give our guy Tweet. Not not the female singer tweet, but the male singer tweet. Right. And we gotta give my guy Tilo some love. Yes, he did it. He did it. I will admit I would have missed Tilo, but I would have got the other two. You can't miss Tilo. I'm I, I'm terrible at the groups. <laughs> Don't worry, Ed. You're gonna get these two members. You got the easy one this time, and that is Coffee Brown. No. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> that is not easy at all. Hey, hey, I had to name three. You only have to name two. Exactly. Well, well good luck with that. And again, y'all, some Coffee Brown fan is going to come up here <laughs> and yell at me like you're dissing Coffee Brown. I love Coffee Brown. I love their single. I know their like, names are like, they're like alphabets. It's like L and R or something. It's like something and something. But I don't remember what they are. I'm sorry. I love y'all, but I don't remember your name. It's a lady and a man, and it's something and a something. Close. It's Falante and Vernell. No, I thought they had, like, shorter names. No, that must have been another group. Because mm. isn't Vernell, like, V? And then, like... I guess. Bond is, like, F. That's Listen, how I always heard. Shout out to my guy, KG. We'll have to get him on next time to clarify. Yes. I don't know. Listen, it was a short-lived group. We don't really know. And they haven't been heard since. Anyway, moving on. They had a great what? single, though. They had some great oh, songs great. on the yes. album, actually. The album is actually pretty good. So, yes. yeah. Once again, the black man is set up in America. What is going <laughs> oh, on? Oh, come on. <laughs> We're going to make up for it here. Oh, man. Listen. We're going to see. Whoa, whoa. All right. Ed, this is going to be like a, the easiest question I've ever given anyone on the show, just because. Ed, okay. This is the one-hit wonder category. I'm going to name an artist who the internet is calling a one-hit wonder, not who we are calling a one-hit wonder. I'll name the song. You tell me the artist. She's okay. All I Got is the song title. She's All I Got? Ooh, I think I know who that is. And my I'll head keeps going. She's playing hard to get. So number one, that's like throwing me. She's All I Got. Give me a decade. Oh, 2001. And we ain't talking about Coffee Brown because they're too. The singing, the singing was kind of off key, if I remember correctly. 
<laughs> I know what song this is now. <laughs> uh, Kyle, you take this one. I'm, I'm blanking on this. Is that, is that my guy, Jimmy Cozier? Yes. Yes. Jimmy Cozier. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yes. I told him. When was the last time you heard that name, man? No. On this podcast? <laughs> oh, I with Barry <laughs> Bars five years ago. Wow. We're going to get in trouble by everybody. Now we're dissing Jimmy. I'm not dissing Jimmy. I didn't. Well, I kind of did. I just didn't like the song. All right. Yeah. Kyle, yours is, yours is the song Angel. There are like eight songs named Angel. Come on now. Yeah. I was just talking to Woody from Drew Hill and they have a song called Angel. I know it's not it's Drew. A, it's a one hit wonder though. Ooh, I know who that is. That's uh that's uh that's Amanda Perez. Yes, he got it. Now that oh, was a okay. harder one than yeah, Jimmy no, Cozier. Yeah, yeah that, that was a harder one. Yeah. I <laughs> one. All right. Now we're in the name three songs by category. Kyle, you got the hard one there. All right. Ed, yours is the easy one. This it, if you don't find this easy, Barry Bars is replacing you on the next episode. Oh, man. First of all, Barry's on his honeymoon. He's got better <laughs> things to do than your setup trivia. Uh, I don't know. Just kidding. Just kidding. We love you, Barry. <laughs> oh, my God. Leave that man alone. This is the name three songs by category. I'm going to name an artist. You name three songs by that artist. Okay. Shout out to this artist because we got called out for not talking about him enough. Not nearly enough. The artist is Kenny Lattimore. Name three mm. songs. Is this Kyle or me? You. Me? Oh, come I on, don't think Kyle. Too... What? I mean, I mean, this is easy for me. That's why I, thought I said it I'm, was easy. I'm used to getting the setups. So I was surprised. Okay. So we got the wedding standard for you. Mm. We got that. We got one of my favorites that no one talks about. Starships, the remake of that. Mm. And then, of course, Love Will Find a Way. Wow. Kyle, can you verify any of that? I'm I'm gonna trust Ed's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not surprised there. All right, Kyle. Yours right. is Melanie Fiona. Oh. So we have 4 a.m. We have It Kills Me. Mm-hmm. We have the single, but I'm not even gonna go with that one because that's too easy. We're gonna go with uh Wrong Side of a Love Song. That's a song, right? Yep. Yep. That's a sad song, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yep. Good job. I didn't know if you were going to get it, but you got it. She's Canadian, Tom. Of course, I'll get that one. <laughs> oh, my. Very true. Name, right, any, name, well, any, Canadian, name any Canadian. Any Canadian? No. I can only name like five Canadian singers off the top of my head, and I'm pretty yes. sure you know songs by all of them. You could probably even name three unreleased Glenn Lewis songs. That's how good you are with the Canadians. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure he could. <laughs> yep. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Category four, first single released by. I'm going to name an artist. Tell me the first song they ever released. Okay. First single. And this is easy. Vivian Green. Now, it's easy, but is it a trick question? Because I feel like it should be emotional roller coaster, but you're going to tell me it's some weird song from 1994 that nobody remembers? You got it. You got okay. it. <laughs> See? Wow. And Kyle? I, look, I never know with you, so I, I have my guard up. Listen, I told you it was easy. These are all easy. Kyle, yours is Usher. Oh, there's, there's a... Uh, I got into an argument with someone about this recently because, like, Wikipedia is not correct, apparently. 
Uh-oh. Really? I might have wrong information here then. <laughs> so, Ed, you might have to confirm. Okay. From what, what they tell about? me, Call Me a Mac is the first single that he ever put out. That's what I had, yes. actually. What? So what does Wikipedia say? Because on Wikipedia, they have it as the... Can You Get With It? If nope. I remember correctly. Call Me a Mac is the first one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Also... Where are you in the streets arguing with people about who, what song Usher put out first? I mean, where, where is this streets? Happening? I'm sure it's the Twitter streets. <laughs> it's, That's it's the most incorrect, Twitter. yes, uh, yep. the most incorrect oh, streets on the planet. <laughs> yep. They will correct you at any time, oh, yeah. any place. The moment, like, if you even post, like, the picture and it's slightly blurry, they'll be like, why didn't you post a clearer photo? I'm like, Listen, it, was what, it was what was on Google. And Ed I'm knows like, as well. You could put out the most well-written article ever in the history, and if you have one factual piece that's off they, they'll call it a piece of garbage the whole article not even that you have one comma splice and this is I, this is discredited <laughs> i don't care about like dude how about you write something because the way these tweets look and writing is not your skill mm. so let us do what we do all right last category for the win mm-hmm. originally i was gonna give kyle the easier one i'm gonna give ed the easier one though and this is the year of the debut album tell me the year this artist released their debut uh-oh. Ed, um, <laughs> Beyonce. You said Beyonce, so we're talking solo debut, right? Solo debut, yes. Mm. Ain't no Destiny style tricks going on here. 2003. <laughs> yes, correct. Yes. Kyle, wow. yours is Brian McKnight. You had this, Kyle. 1992. What the heck? How'd you get that? Yep. Do you recall? I just did like. 20 years worth of collages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I didn't know you looked at years, though. Wow. Well done, guys. Actually, you all. Yes. I think it was a tie. Oh, no. Ed got the Jimmy Cozier and the Coffee Brown. Jeez. Mm. I gave you the easiest ones I could find. And that's, that's how we ended up. Jimmy Cozier was the easiest one you could find. <laughs> Jimmy Cozier's mom probably would have struggled with that one. Oh, come on. <laughs> what? All right, moving on. We're done. We're done. Okay, I have a quick army trivia here for you, Tom. For me? Oh, yes, you, you keep throwing oh. out trivia. Get this, man. Oh. Well, this one is like easy, but it might not be. I'm going to throw you a curveball here. I'm going to name the artist. You give me their alter ego. Black okay. tie. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> well, Tyrese, Tyrese was there, so yes, black tie. Oh, is my cool. God. That okay. was right? That was... Well, I have more. Oh. Of course, he's gonna ask Tyrese. <laughs> okay, Good next, Lord. next one Who we has have an alter ego. Beyonce. Beyonce has an alter ego. Yes, it's a whole Sasha freaking Fierce? album name after. Yeah. There you go. All right, next oh. one. Music Soul Child. Uh oh. Will you take the hustle? I I'll take the hustle. That's not uh, an alter ego. That's an alternate persona. Th- th- that's what an alter ego is. What? <laughs> Listen, guys. Moving on. All right. Next one. Next one. Sierra. You don't know this. Sierra. <laughs> I don't know this. No offenses. No offense to Sierra. I can't even name three Sierra songs. So don't expect me to know her alter ego. So, Ed, do you remember Sierra's album Fantasy Ride, where she's dressed yeah. up like a superhero? Yeah, she looks like freaking Melina from Mortal Kombat or something. <laughs> so uh, her alter ego is Super C. Super C. That's yes. the best y'all came up with. Yes. Super C. That's that counts. You should have asked me 
you should have asked me the nicknames of the super friends. Now that would have been more fun. That that might be Ed's task for next week. Can next you week. hit me with that next week? And then the last one, <laughs> what is Sammy's alter ego, Tom? What? Lee Bush. There you go. My, See, he my is an boy. Artist. That's our boy. <laughs> He's an okay, I would have. I would not have gotten that in a million years. Wait, did we yes. ever find out why he changed his name to Lee Bush? He was going through some things, and uh, that's his real name. Oh, well, then. yeah. Good guy, though. We love yes. Sam. Yes. Um, anyways, let's get Super into Super C. Okay. I'm still stuck <laughs> on Super C. It sounds like some, Super some C vitamin C you take. Remember the Contra um, second game or something was called Super C? What, Super Contra was called Super yes. C? Yes. <laughs> That's yes. what we're calling it? Yo, that game was hard. Headline Sierra. The Contra game is hard. <laughs> Headline Sierra influenced by Contra. Contra is the hardest game of all time, by the way. Yo, um, Contra might be able to go... Contra may be able to go back and sue her retroactively like these artists are doing. Yeah. You know, for yep. sampling and all that. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Where are we going here? What, what, right. what is going? Where are we here? Well, let's, I've been asking that since <laughs> seven o'clock. All right. <laughs> let's get into our first topic of the day. Uh, let's talk about her. Grammy award winning. At this point, safe to assume one of the faces of R&B. Um, Personally, one of my favorite new artists, super talented. And it's an interesting case when you look at her. You know, she has all the big awards um, regarded as one of the best of this generation by veterans as well as, you know, people that listen to music today, um, loved by the industry. But through all of that, there's a couple of things that are really interesting just about her her status in the industry you know with the fact that she doesn't even have an album out yet she's won so many different awards ed can you please talk about this because i'm still trying to wrap my head around it i'm trying to get rid of my like 90s 2000s lens and how i look at r&b superstars then versus now but take me back to like those days how did we look at superstars then versus now I talked about this pretty recently on the Soul and Stereo Cypher on Facebook. You can go join us there. Just look up Soul and Stereo Cypher. And it's funny how it's weird. I just feel like that in 2009, going into 2010, the way the world changed, including the way the world looks at music, just drastically changed. Back in 80s, 90s, 70s, 60s, even 2000s, an artist's work was always their album. So you can have the hottest single, whatever. Mm -hmm. But is your album, like that is the definitive like representation of you and your music. Do you have a classic album? And that's what we use to measure. We, all the legends that we love today have multiple classics or we debate, is this a classic or is that a classic? But we discussed it through albums. But when we got into the 2010s, when, as I've said many times on this podcast, it seems like everything just shifted. Success isn't judged by albums anymore. It's really judged by singles. And sometimes I get that. Sometimes I don't really agree with it because to me, some singles aren't long lasting. I, we talk all the time about music that has longevity or timeless. We love to throw around the world timeless. Some of the stuff y'all hype and ain't timeless, trust me, player. But when you look at her, a lot of her success comes from these strong singles that she's been having, able to cultivate, plus the buzz that she's had in the industry. You just mentioned she's had a ton of success 
having a lot of artists and big names co-signing her. Between that, that other issue, and the third thing is that she just sounds a little different than her contemporaries. Now, mm-hmm. we know from our generation, we've got tons of artists who have soul and have and can play instruments. And that's not something that this generation of artists has in abundance. So she seems like an anomaly to them. To us, it's like, well, that's what you're supposed to be able to do. You mm-hmm. can sing and play an instrument. That's how you get a job here. But in <laughs> this space, it's a rarity. So she has those three things going for her. That elevates her to superstardom, even though she ain't got one album to her name. It's very weird. Tom? I got two points to make, actually. Number one, and this is kind of interesting, you know, you think about her trajectory of success, and we're in a time when most artists who are successful are being outrageous on social media, or are people or fans like them because of their personality. It's really not even about the music. Mm-hmm. And her is the total opposite of that. And how, how interesting is it that we have an artist actually making it when it's really more about the music? Because if you remember her, was Gabby Wilson, was more known for the talents, then did that whole gimmick with not showing her face to kind of get her self-exposure. And now I, I really don't even know anything about her as a personality still. I don't really think she's known for being someone that's that interesting compared to maybe some of her peers who were, you know, more of like personalities. So the fact that she broke through, I find interesting. And, and my second point, though, and this is more of like me as maybe a 90s, R&B fan like she's treated as 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 a generational talent and I'm not saying she's not talented and this is not a knock against her but like I, I don't I, I don't I mean it to me it's almost like she has no competition so it's like the award shows latched onto her mm-hmm. and like that's all doing elevating her but it's like really who is she even up against like but once she got like the you know how the Grammys are once they latch on to something it's like you're locked in with them forever. Yeah. So it's like there was something about her that these award shows felt they could get behind. And after that, it was, it was, you know, game over and she's a superstar. But it's one of the more unique stories of success, especially in this era. But yeah. in the reality, like to me, artists like her were a dime a dozen in the 90s. I mean, no, no offense to her. She has a great talent. But personally, I don't know. Well, I almost feel like people are getting excited because they got nothing else like it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's exactly it, because when you look at her peers, like, no one really plays an instrument. I mean, there's probably some that do, but no one really, like, yeah. is in your face and says, hey, I can play the piano, the keys, and the yeah. drums, and all that. Um, and then, Ed, with, like, her hit records, she hasn't really had that one, like, smash it. I think Damage is on its way to being that, but, like, LMA had boot up and trip, and those songs are a lot bigger than any of hers records. So again, that kind of adds to it because when we look at superstars, especially from back in the day, it was a combination of industry respect. It was a combination of accolades like awards, even though nowadays we don't really look at those as like we us personally, we don't really hold that to the highest esteem. But back in the day, if you want a Grammy, you're the biggest thing ever. Um, She has a fan base. So it's not like she's has one of those like hipster fan bases that is small and that loves her like she actually has fans which is pretty cool to see but yeah i don't know i'm just curious like is it possible for another artist to to make it in the way that she has i i can't think of how that's possible well it's funny because when we think of artists who could do that i was excited to see hers ascent because 
even though I mean Tom hit nail on the head with the Grammy thing, where it's like I call it the Yolanda Adams effect. It doesn't <laughs> matter in the gospel category. I don't care who comes out with an album. If a Yolanda albums, if Yolanda Adams has an album that year, she went in a Grammy by default. And I feel like her is becoming the R and B version of that. And that is nothing against Yolanda Adams' talent, nothing mm-hmm. against hers talent. But when I look at today's artists. I remember thinking Daniel Caesar. I was like, okay, he's going to be the male version of this artist who is very soulful, very different from his peers. And he's going to be able to, and he had a lot of momentum at one point, if you remember. Mm-hmm. He will be able to get in that place where he can be the counterpoint to her, the male artist who doesn't sound mainstream, so to speak, and is able to resonate with an audience. And that kind of happened a little bit. It got derailed for reasons I don't want to get into on this podcast. And I'm mm. arguing for 20 minutes. But <laughs> I think that there is space for her or a more hers because not only does she appeal to a younger generation, because you no, know, we say, oh, we've got plenty of artists in their 40s and 50s doing the same thing. Well, they aren't going to resonate with the 20-year-olds and the teens that her is automatically going to resonate with. Mm. Good music is good music. So sure, we want to have more artists like that there's a possibility, but we have this weird thing in our music right now. We got to pick one. I hate that we have to pick one. There's like, okay, we've got our one. Everybody else can sound like whatever the sound of the day is, but you got your one. And that's not fair because there are so many artists out here from the lucky days to the, I mean, I'll be naming all day if I want to go there, your girl Joyce and so many other younger artists who are great, who need that platform. But it just feels like, all right, you got your her. But everybody else that's get on the trap train and just try it. It's, it's annoying. It's annoying. Tom, I, I'm curious, though, um, and I think you brought this up before, um, because her, uh, her her manager is Jeff Robinson, who previously managed Alicia Keys and kind of helped out with her explosion, especially back in 2001. And I remember during that time, uh, just as her is attached like her name is attached to a guitar. I remember Alicia Keys, they like marketed it that her piano and her singing, it all came as one package, like kind of take me back to Alicia Keys when she first debuted. And do you think that would work today? Like, I'm just trying to put this all together. Can you imagine trying to roll out a girl singing on a piano in this day and age? It's not going to work. And I'll be honest though, Kyle, remember Jeff Robinson tried it with El Varner with the Mm -hmm. guitar. That's same thing. It, it had success, and we love El Varner. This is not a knock against her, but I think the industry just changed. Yeah. I just think it was the right time maybe now. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, my pet peeve, Kyle, is – and the same thing, though. I said it was the right time for Alicia Keys back then. They found a niche. They found something that was missing, and they made it work. So credit to Jeff Robinson. Yeah. But my pet peeve is, like, when people say things like, oh, yeah, R&B is, is such a great place. And I told you this, especially older – Older people I talk to, oh, we got her. And then their voice kind of just trails off. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, all right, all right, cool. But like, she shouldn't be a stand-in for the whole genre being in a great place. I actually think we haven't seen the extent of her talent. Because you remember back when she was Gabby Wilson singing around the, the campfire at Tyrese's house or something yeah. with the guitar, and they anointed her the next big thing back then. I really think they've kind of held her talent back and told her to tone it down a bit to be more popular, which is fine. It's worked. Yeah. But like if she ever got unleashed someday and was able to do her thing, I think then watch out. 
Yeah, I agree. Tom, you just reminded me of something. Cal, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. When you talk about artists, and I'm going to give props to someone I don't give props to, so put on, <laughs> buckle your seatbelt. Listen, I've talked many times on this podcast about Summer Walker, mm. but there was a time when Summer Walker debuted that she debuted with that guitar, and she sat in her room with her Instagram videos, and mm. she was doing her little Lauren Hill stuff. And that appealed to an audience in a way that her did. Now, when she blew up, where the guitar go? Thrown mm. in the trash. All I hear is London on the track. I don't hear nothing <laughs> out of guitar. <laughs> to your point, we got to dumb it down to make you more mainstream. Tanache has talked about this a million times. Think of how her material sounded pre-big Tanache mm. mainstream presentation as opposed to the stuff that we heard when she had a mixtape, and we were like, oh, she's about to be big. Presentation totally changed. Same thing happened with Summer. And it's weird that with her, we've got, okay, we've got the one that will appeal to younger and old heads. That's why Tom is like, old heads are like, RB's in a great place, because we got <laughs> But nobody else. <laughs> there could be many hers. There could be many Gabbies if the opportunity was allowed for these artists to be free. One more thing, and I'm going to shut up, but I watched Unsung with my mm. girl, Leela James, who I absolutely love. And I love that it was so pure. And she talked about how the many times the industry kept trying to put her in little tiny dresses, had her singing stupid songs, and she kept saying, no, not going to do it. I'm going to sing the stuff that's from my soul and that fits my voice. And for the longest time, all her albums kept getting delayed. Her stuff kept getting pushed back. But eventually she was able to do her, and that's when she started having a number one hits on R&B because she was able to do what she wanted to do and it was authentic. I just wish that a lot of these artists that right now I'm giving three-star reviews to, I bet if they were able to be authentic, they might be a little bit better. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Great wow. point, Ed. Well, I'll say this. Her is my favorite new artist. Uh, she has an album. She's announced that it's coming soon. It has production from Dallas Austin, Jermaine Dupree, B. Cox, Rodney Jerkins, Sean Garrett, all of the big names. So I have big hopes that this will turn the genre around. I don't know if it will, but I'm glad we have an artist like her on the scene. And hopefully there's more artists like that because we need instrumentation. We need live vocals. And if this is what we're heading towards, then count me in. But can we get into the chicken intermission really quickly? <laughs> I, what, I a what a transition. What a transition. Oh, man. R&B so. is such a great place. We got her. We got chicken. I don't know. <laughs> no, we love her. Her is like my... I no, met her I know, twice. Super nice. Uh, yeah, shout no, out I to love her. her. Yeah, when I meet her again, I'll probably call her Gabby again, and it'll throw everyone And out. almost get kicked oh. off the tour bus again. Yeah, never do that. And this is, this, is not a, this is not a diss to anyone. This is more of a commentary of the industry as a whole. Yeah. We're just giving our analysis of where we see it. Yeah, we're old. Forgive us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I have a question for you guys. I have, you know, when we eat bread, there's various spreads that we use, like peanut butter. Oh, and and spreads. jelly. And jam. <laughs> Is that what we oh. call it? We call them spreads, right? No, when I hear the word spreads, I'm thinking of unsavory type of things like what you told me about the other day, spam. Which oh, Ed, oh. Ha, do you like spam? Wait a minute. I, I, I missed this conversation because clearly 
You two haven't had the right spam. Spam can be good. The right spam. Okay. No. Yes. Well, <laughs> you fry some spam up and it is off the chain. No, okay. I will not have spam slander. Wow. Can someone tell me what spam even is? Oh, I don't know what it is. It's, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like hot dog meat or like bologna. They just put random crap in it. Oh, it, it is. It's kind of like hot dog meat if you make it into like a meatloaf. And that's yeah. the grossest thing. <laughs> Now, I don't know if I can eat it anymore. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, why is it? Why is it boxed into a can? Like you got to peel it open. I mean, how do you? <laughs> yes, you got to peel that. That's why oh. that when the zombie apocalypse happens and we're invaded by aliens, oh. y'all gonna eat spam because it's the only thing that's gonna be sealed shut. Yeah. Spam right, back on track. Okay. Let's well, get back on track. well, the spam wasn't the discussion, but I was gonna yeah, ask on how we got on this. So what I want, I'm gonna name a couple of. So if we're not calling it spreads, what are we calling it, Tom? Like, what are you well, calling peanut it? Peanut butter is a I, sauce. No, I call it. What is it? No, definitely not a sauce. No, not I a mean, sauce. a butter? I don't know. What no, you... it's spread is okay. I don't know why we're anti-spread. I'm not talking. Yeah, but like spread. when I think of spread, like like I think of a condiment bar, like you could put it on a bagel or something. You spread it on like butter, cream cheese. You know, well, you that's think about they... the cream cheese packets, the Philadelphia that you tear open with your teeth. Locks, you know those things. You spread it yeah. on your bagel. Yeah, but I mean, that's... to me, peanut butter and jelly is the same thing. Yeah, you put peanut butter on a bagel. It's possible. I guess I don't see it at the bagel bar though. I mean, I don't know where you're getting your bagels from. But... Well, focus, Tom. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna name a, I'm gonna name a couple of spreads here. We're gonna call them spreads, and you give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Okay. You don't have to say anything, but if you want, you can. Peanut butter. That's an easy thumbs. Yeah, up. that's a, that's a, you can't go wrong. Jam. Yeah. What what flavor jam? I think strawberry is the normal one. Right? Oh no no no. I'm I'm iffy. I, I I gotta go a halfway on that. Like I like some and I don't like others. What what jelly are you? Liking Tom grape grape jelly. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, you play as a heathens. Where's the apple jelly? Apple, apple jelly? jelly. What the heck? Yeah. Is that? You've never That's had not a jelly. Apple? What is wrong with you people? Ed, they don't you... sell that here. Ed, are you throwing applesauce on your sandwich? <laughs> oh my god, no! <laughs> Something. Totally you mean applesauce? You mean applesauce? Apple jelly, not. Oh. Oh. Okay. Apple grape is fine. Jam. What? Yes, okay. you've never had that. What is? Oh. Tom, go take, a, go take a look at your kids' uh, food. It might be apple jam. <laughs> I know. Is that served <laughs> in a baby Gerber jar? I mean, maybe I'll look for it in the baby aisle. Oh. All right. <laughs> Why am I on this? Story? All right. All right. All right. Let's continue here. Peanut butter and jelly. Oh. No. No? No. No. It is... Oh, that's a definite yes. No, that's the most basic sandwich ever. It's the Cardi B of sandwiches. I don't well, can we? Can I have wheat bread? Is that all right? Yeah, you can. You can have whatever right. bread you want. It's your world, Tom. You can have <laughs> wheat bread and spam all you want. Oh, all right. Uh, butter. That's a, that's a thumbs up. Yes. Can I go with up. margarine? Like Mar the more healthier alternative. It's like oh. a <laughs> margarine tastes like plastic, Tom. I mean. I just butter is just what is butter like fat? I mean, what actually is it? Yes, it's good. It's like, it's, it's look, play, it's good. That's all you need. It's goodness. I'm not <laughs> mad at margarine though, because we do have the there I, you go. I, See, I can't believe it's not butter weird stuff. Exactly. Right. So, I've got two more for you guys here. 
Uh, cream cheese. Oh, that's thumbs a no. up easily. That's, that's a, a no. That's a way. That's a way down. Why what? is that a no? Well, of course, Tom thinks it's a no. Uh, man and eat butter. That's true. Oh, I, I like cheese, but like, I can't imagine eating a creamy version of cheese. I don't know. What do you put on your bagels? Nothing. A little, a little. Yeah, pretty. I actually eat my bagels plain, not even toasted, just like as is. <laughs> this man is not human. Who Listen. eats a plain bagel? Your Listen, mouth. You the gotta, your mouth is tore all up. When you come back to New York City, you got to get the. Well, bring you to the bagel store. They come hot out the oven, crispy mm-hmm. on the outside, soft on the inside. Oh. Man, you'll never go back. Oh, you'll, st- you'll live here. Yes, and I'm going to put some cream cheese on that sauce. Oh. <laughs> Ed, what you need to realize is Tom doesn't eat for leisure. He eats it like it's a chore. Yes, no, he that's, eats that's like that's a... factual. You know how when you get a goldfish and you just sprinkle that little flake crap in there? That's what Tom eats. Just flavorless flakes. Kyle, that is the most factual statement you've ever made on this podcast. Wow. All right. I've lied. I have two more here, and then we can... <laughs> We can keep it moving. Keep it going, because this Tom is a con- is this is a controversial one. All right, okay. cheese cheese whiz. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> all, no, all, no. All orange. I would rather <laughs> I would rather have no. orange paint on my free on my food. <laughs> wow. Can I just get regular cheese? Cheese whiz. Oh man. Yeah. It, it comes in the same can as whipped cream, and y'all don't realize that's a problem. That should not work. All right. Yeah. And last one is Nutella. No. Ed, you I, like you like chocolate on your bread? Well, I will say I've only had Nutella like once because I had this friend that was obsessed, obsessed with Nutella. Mm. And I had it and I can't remember if I liked it or not. So I've only had it one time. I can't judge. All right. That's a no from me. You know why? Because it looks like chocolate, like it should taste like chocolate, but it's actually hazelnut. Which is no. That's oh man. <laughs> I like hazelnut. I might like that. Eh. All right, Tom. You seem like the type of guy because uh, I was at work once and my coworker brought an apple and he brought like a jar of peanut butter and he started spreading that peanut butter on his apple. That seems like something he would do. Wait on the That's a... on the. Oh well, he sliced was his the apple. Sliced? It was no. sliced. <laughs> it, it was sliced. Yes. I was like, what kind of weirdo do you work? He has a whole apple and just like slathers the top up. <laughs> I would do that, yeah. All right, there you go. That's healthy. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. All right. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> that was something. The chicken intermission. We talk we about all, spreads. We always love it. <laughs> uh, let's continue our conversation on superstars here. Uh, we just had a great discussion about her. And really, that was more of like a critical thinking exercise for all of us because we're trying to fit our mind frame into what's going on today. And it's challenging for a lot of us, but I want to take it back to the two thousands. We did a great interview with Bobby V uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he exposed something that I thought was great at the time as a consumer, but as an artist, I can understand why it would be detrimental. But Bobby V pretty much just said that in the two thousands labels were making these artists work with the hottest producers at the time. So that's why every album in the mid 2000s had a record from Beacox, had a record from Timbaland, the Neptunes, Rodney Jerkins, etc. So around that time period, every album sounded very similar. As a fan of those producers, you love that era because you got it on every album. But if you're a fan of artists sticking with one producer and one sound and seeing where that producer takes that artist, you might not be 
as much of a fan. And Tom, the example that Bobby V gave was Amory. Um, what was your reaction when you first heard Touch by Amory, the Little John song? See, that didn't bother me as much because she came out with one thing yeah. from that album first. So to me, it was almost like <clears throat> she was kind of just working with different producers and like advancing her sound. I didn't hate, I didn't like the song, but mm-hmm. I wasn't mad at it. You know, like I didn't feel like it was too forced. I mean, Ed, you might just, or you guys might disagree. I don't know. Um, I don't like the song that much, but mm-hmm. it didn't bother me sort of what you were saying, Tom, because unlike what we see a lot of times today where we see artists completely changing their sound yeah. and like fitting that round peg into the square hole, it still sounded like an Amory song. So it, did. it wasn't like she was sounding like Petey Pablo. Like mm. she <laughs> did her best Petey Pablo. to sound like herself. <laughs> So I was like, when I listen to that album over there, I skip it most of the time, but I don't hate it. And I do understand why they had that because he was what was hot in the streets and you had to have a little John song and uh, didn't quite work, but I wasn't offended. Well, I'm just thinking, Tom, let's say, and I don't want to just use a Marie as an example, because you can think of a million examples. And this is what Bobby V alluded to is you have a record with this big producer and it works, then you're forced yeah. to continue in that lane and continue to make hit records. That's tough. Well, he, here's the thing. I, I can't remember which interview it was we did. It might have been, I feel like it was either Eric Roberson or Jazzy Jeff, one of these artists who have kind of shunned major labels. They pretty much said labels will, will come to an artist. They hear their demo tape. They say, listen, we love everything about you. We want to sign you. They sign you and then they say, all right, we're, let's change everything about you. And yep. it just doesn't make any sense. And you kind of understand because it's the music industry and a business and they try to fit that artist into the popular trends. Yep. But in reality, how does that make sense? How could that work? It doesn't because it... And we see it on such a larger scale today because especially now that hip-hop is like the main genre and it is so industry-driven as much as... Listen, social media will make you think that all this music is just being produced by all these wonderful people from Instagram. No, they're all industry plants, but I'll argue about that another time. But the point is there are so many hands in this and they aren't looking at this from a cultural standpoint. Mm -hmm. They're looking at it from a mathematical statistical standpoint. And statistically, if sound A is what works, all our artists are gonna make sound A because Mm -hmm. when they hear you doing something completely different, they see the buzz you're getting. They see that you're talented, but in the back of their mind, they're like, how can we get an artist to sound like sound A? We need a Cardi B. We yep. need mm-hmm. a future. We need a, well, I was going to say a her, but she's an outlier. But we <laughs> need someone to fit a certain format. So even though you don't sort of sound like that, there's enough elements in there to make you be forced into that. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. And that's what happens when the industry is just so overwhelming. And I think that's why we've had such trouble in the past 10 years. We have an industry that's had its hands in our music more than ever before. So it's controlling it. And then everybody else is trying to catch up. So it's like one mindless monotone sound to rule them all. <laughs> Tom, I'll tell you what's crazy. I'm going to name a couple of facts here that I've uh, researched heavily. Just kidding. I was just on YouTube and came across <laughs> these. Uh, oh, boy. 
So it's funny that a lot of these artists and their biggest hits, they actually hate those songs because those were songs that the yeah. label forced on them. You wouldn't even yeah. believe some of these records. Like Usher hates the record, yeah. Yes, I've heard this. And mm. I agree with him. I hate it too. Okay, well. And then Tom, remember Sherry Dennis from Bad Boy? Yeah. She hates like that whole album. Because they wanted her to be like Faith Evans. Interesting. That album isn't even bad. I like some songs on there. Yeah, I mean, maybe because you like Faith Evans and that sounds yeah, resonated. So, it, it's interesting if you follow her trajectory after the album, she went in a totally different direction. So yeah, it makes yeah. sense. So it's just interesting, right? Like, and you never want to hear that as a fan that that artist hated your favorite songs, but it's the oh, reality. I got one. Yep. The, the, the Brian McKnight song with Puff Daddy and Mace. Yeah, which actually is kind of a banger if you put it on, you know, in a in a party or whatever. Or in a club, but he hates that song. But he said that door opened up the opportunity for any time to come out. So yep. it needed to happen. Right. Yep. Right. So. And I will add this. I don't know if you were on the podcast, Kyle, for this one, but um, Tom and I interviewed Vivian Green. Tom mentioned early on his episode. She had a lot of issues with her debut album, which oh, I oh, love. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. she was like, this isn't the sound for me. So it is funny as a fan when you're like oh man i love this album and then the artist you love like oh that album man she didn't mm -hmm. say she hated it but she had issues because she felt like it wasn't her she was doing what she was told and right. it's weird to kind of compensate that as a fan and then you listen to the albums later on you're like okay that's why we saw that gigantic shift in sound because they were doing what they wanted to do right well i mean tom to the label's defense like you said they're trying to make it work because if that album, and I look at Trey's, at Trey's first album as an example, super soulful album, great album. And I would say that was probably, and Troy might, Troy Taylor might have to correct me, but I would say that was more in the direction of what Trey and Troy Taylor wanted to do versus the label. Because that didn't sound like contemporary r yeah. at that time. That just sounded like traditional r &B. It didn't work. And at that point, whose fault is it? Is it Trey and Troy's fault or is it the label's fault? Yeah. I mean, the label is the one making the investment. They're putting yeah. up the money to to promote the thing and create the thing. So they're the ones who are going to take the loss. It's not the artist who's going to take the loss. So they've got to do what they've got to do to make it work and make them money. So it's a business. You really can't get mad at it. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to say the label has a, has a social responsibility to put out the best music possible. But at the end of the day, they've got to make money to stay in business. So what are you going to say? Exactly. It's business. Like you as a business person, you're going to take the least amount of risk to mm -hmm. maximize your dollars. And if what is popping in the streets is this sound over here, yeah. you're going to sound like this sound over here. Now, once you become an established star, OK, maybe you can play around with it. Maybe you can do something new, but especially out of the gate. Oh, no, you've got to just fall in line. Yeah. So that's why I have so much respect for trendsetters like Mary J. Blige and Jodeci because they did it their way. They did it early on, and that's why they're icons, because they did it their way. So there's not many like that, though. Well, shout no. out to Andre Harrell as well, who had a big part in that, in, in introducing that sound. I mean, we got to get there. There are some real innovators in the music industry who do push the envelope and weren't afraid to take risks. Yeah. And you got to give them credit. Tom beat me to it. I mean, Andre Harrell. <laughs> we talk about Pharrell. We talk about Timberland. There are so many artists. I mean, so many producers out there who were able to innovate and to mm -hmm. push something forward and to continually evolve, even sometimes when fans are like, I don't like this, I wanna hear 
the original thing. And the producers like, and the artists like, hold on, ride with me. We're going to do something different. It's going to work. We've seen it with Mary. We've seen it with many, many other artists. And yep. sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. But I'm always on the path of innovation. I don't ever want someone to sound like the next person. Well, Kyle, yes. can you imagine who, I don't know who was responsible, but who took the risk at the label to put out songs like Pony, which sounded absolutely like nothing. It sounded like it was coming from space. I think we just talked yeah. about this. Yeah. Or yes. the Neptunes or that Noriega song, um, Super Thug. Right. Like these songs were so out of left field that that was actually a big risk at the time. Yeah. We looked back and thought, think it worked. Yep. But like someone was putting their reputation on the line to put those songs out. And that had a big difference, you know, that big, that's kind of what helped Timbaland and, and the, the Neptunes even come into the mainstream. Like, yeah. if someone wasn't willing to take a chance on songs like that, history may have been totally different. Tom, you and know what's Tom? You know what's crazy is that when I spoke to Genuine, he told me that when he presented that whole album to Sony, the only song they liked on that album was "Pony." Mm. Crazy, wow. right? Wow, that's a piece of history right there. I didn't realize that. That was the only song they liked. It, it. <laughs> And again, what we're seeing today is the kind of the downfall of hip hop being the mainstream kind of sound because no one wants to take a chance. It's like, yeah. okay, this is the sound. Don't stray from it. It's the cash cow. It's the golden goose. Everybody got to sound like this. So we're hearing it in country. We're hearing it in R&B. We're hearing it in pop. It's oh, but because it keeps making money, it's going to keep going until it doesn't make money. So mm, it's harder yep. than ever for artists to be independent because they have more pressure than ever than to keep making that money. So it's tough. Yeah. Tough times for these artists, but Hey, we get some great music out of it. So I'm not going to complain. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about before we get into my favorite thing, the saddest songs of all time, you guys know, I oh, love, boy. I love that theme, but <laughs> let's get into our R and B picks for this week. Songs yes. new or old that, you really like and you just want to give a quick shout out to um ed what's your r&b pick of the week i have taken some time to check out some albums in the past week and catch up on some older albums kelly price's new ep came out not bad check that out one album i really liked it really took me by surprise i didn't get a chance to review but i'm glad i can give some props here is rough ends new album mm. i thought this album was quite the surprise and their song all of my love one of my favorites. They've got three or four on there that I think are pretty good. If you're a fan of especially the 90s, 2000s sound, I think the early 2000s sound, so to speak. I think you'll find a lot to enjoy there. So check out Rough End's new album. And All My Love is my pick of the week. It's pretty fun. Nice. Tom? Ed, you stole both of mine. Hold on. Now I'm scrambling. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, All right. I got it. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Kyle. You well, want to go ahead? Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to... Pleasure P, who allegedly released a double album last week. I haven't posted it on the site because he hasn't said anything about it, and I'm not trying to get sued for posting uh, <laughs> illegal music. But uh, from what I heard, one side is like trap and hip hoppy and mumble rappy. I think Bobby V's on a song too, which was weird. But the other half is like more R and B. Rico Love has a record on there. There's like two pretty Ricky songs on there. I haven't had mm -hmm. a chance to listen to that whole album in in, com in completion yet, but from what I hear, it's pretty good. I just hope that he acknowledges it or I can't give it a shout out anymore. It's very wow. weird that there's like no conversation about it. I, I don't know about the trap version. I have not heard any of that, 
But the version I heard, I thought was pretty solid. And that one does feature a couple pretty Ricky songs. Can I shout out, we mentioned them earlier in this episode, our boy Brian McKnight, who has a remix project out. Mm. Now, Brian McKnight said he's retired. Well, this is remixes of old songs done by producer Terry Hunter. These are dance remixes, guys. Can you imagine dance versions of Brian McKnight hits? I oh, can't. he's going to Deborah Cox route. Okay, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> so that just came out on Friday. Check that one out along with the ones you guys mentioned. Now, I was going to shout out you know, our girl Kelly Price and our guys Raw Fans. Those came out as well in this mm-hmm. mystery Pleasure P album. Check all those out. Yeah, I'm going to have to text Pleasure and find out what's going on because that <laughs> that is almost as weird. Do you remember when Shy put out their album and no one knew what was going on? Yes, I remember that. That, that was a different situation now. That wasn't Shy Shy, right? No, uh, no, I think they just put it out and like, like they, they either didn't tell anyone or just like made one post about it and, let, and just no one knew. It was like a tree fell in the woods and no one was around to hear it almost. Wait, like, so that, like was, that. that was Shy? It was, Ed. As far as I know, that was Shy. I'm they so weren't confused. in poster size. <laughs> I'm so confused. Yes. All right. Well, I, uh, I assigned you guys with a task for this week. Mm-hmm. Because Wait, over the we're not leaving out the love letters, are we? Nope, we're gonna get into that. Okay, after. good. Just wanted to make sure I got a good one. Don't you worry, Tom. We're just gonna get into this first. <laughs> uh, over the last few weeks, I've been naming songs that I have called the saddest song of all time or top three saddest songs of all time. So between the three of us, I want each of us to name three songs each to complete our top ten saddest songs of all time. Number one on that list is obviously the boys to men record doing just fine. So we don't need to mention that song. But between the three of us, let's complete that top 10 saddest songs of all time list. I'll start off first. I'm going to go with the Blue Control record. I'll find a way because my goodness is that song sad. What? Yes. We're naming deep album cuts that no that, one knows now. That was that was a single. That was that, that was <laughs> on the radio. I have told this story oh. before that during 9-11, they were playing that song all over the place. And that made it even Jeez. Wow. Yeah. All right. Am I up? Yep. I'm going with see, I, I, I was scanning my songs to try to make some picks. You know, like I couldn't go with something like Tony Braxton Unbreak My Heart. It just feels sappy. You know, it doesn't feel Yeah. Yeah. I want I, something that feels like you, you know when they were singing that song, it was cutting them deep. Yeah. So one of my picks is RL and Deborah Cox. We can't be friends. Yes. I mean, that, that, a song like that is just painful to even listen to and think about. So I can't listen to that song, guys. <laughs> Too sad. Ed. Okay, I'll go with this one, but I will say that a lot of my picks are sad because of the videos. I think mm. back when videos were such a component it helped add to the narrative of the song. So when I hear this song, I think of this miserable, depressing video. My boy, Aaron Hall, I miss you. Mm. Oh my gosh, the most depressing oh. video. Oh man. On the planet. <laughs> oh man. That is, that's a great pick. That is. Yes. That is. That's too sad to listen to. It is awful. Still my song though. Yes. Uh, my next super sad song, I'm going to go with Mary J. Blige, Not Gonna Cry. That's a sad song, right? Haven't heard that one in a while. That is sad, but it's one of those songs where it's like I'm pretending not to be sad, and that makes it sadder. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Can I go with Anthony Hamilton 
and this is a double song. Charlene oh, no. and, and Charlene and Can't Let Go. Like, oh no, that just that that's just oh, like man. a broken man struggling to to move on in life, and he just can't find the way. How yeah. sad, more sad does it get than that? <laughs> it's true. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I, and I would talk about this later, but I actually ranked my boy Anthony's discography. Yeah, you talk about some sad songs, and I was mm. going to mention one today, Kyle. I don't know if it's we can mention an artist twice. Yes, because. I was going to mention Anthony Hamilton's I'm a Mess. That song is oh, misery <laughs> on wax. I have never he heard was, it. He sounds like he's crying through the song. <laughs> he was going through some things, Ed, on those first two albums. Oh, he was. Ugh, going through it is not a strong enough term. He was having issues. <laughs> yes. Beard was all patchy. He, he was so sad that the hairs would not grow right on his face. Oh, was saying, oh man. man. Oh, man. See, I was thinking about this as I was uh, going through my playlist today. I want to go with the Tony Braxton record. This is an album cut. Um, How Could an Angel Break My Heart mm. with with Kenny G. But his saxophone mm. playing just sounds so good. Like, it brings you in a good mood. Like, <laughs> like there's no way you can be sad. Yeah, like, when you hear Kenny G, you got him. So I, I can't choose that one. Wow. Uh I'm going to go with, oh, this is a tough one. I'm trying to figure it out here. Like the first well, one. Don't, I... don't pick my song, Kyle. I feel like you're about to pick it. No, I oh don't think gosh. I will. Okay. I'm going to just go with the record I remember by Keisha Cole, just to show the 2000s some love, because that is a sad song, too. That is actually a sad song. Yes. It's a song, sad song, but I don't know. That one, it's sad, but I love it too much. It's kind of like, it's sad, but I want to give it a hug. Oh, <laughs> Tom, um, we can't mention this category without mentioning this guy. I'm not going to name one of the songs, but Mario Winans. I mean, that guy was just going through pain nonstop yes. on his on his albums. But I'm not going to name his. Song. <laughs> um, can I name two? Yes. As long as you don't steal mine. I'm going to go with one twelve year letter. We got to name that. Oh, that's a good one. That song, that's a good one. That song makes you feel miserable. Do you realize what happened in that song? They thought the letter was about them, and then at the end, they realized it was about someone else. Yes, it doesn't get yes. much worse than that. I mean, talk about like going from being happy to like dying in one moment. Wait, from from a 2020 standpoint, is that equivalent Ed to like me sending you a text professing my love to you and then saying? Oops, wrong conversation. That's exactly what it is. That's you got rough. the wrong text. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's rough. What's the and there, was song? Another, there was another sad song in the album, Funny Feelings, which was oh, not, yes. not, not one of the saddest songs ever, but that's another one I just can't. Yes. It's like if you've been through those situations, you know. Yes. Um, I'll leave it at that. I was going to shout out my boy, Music Soul Child. This is not one of the saddest songs ever, but Half Crazy. Like that's a song where he was going through it, and like in another situation, if you've been through it, I remember yes. the video. He was like sitting on the floor next to the toilet. Yep, you know it's sad. <laughs> that's those one of those times, ones guys. that the video makes it worse. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yes. Ed, I can't believe I thought about doing our board Mario Winans, but we pick on that song enough. Can't believe anybody, nobody mentioned this song. Maybe you guys are too young. I know you are, Kyle. But this is one of those songs they wore out in 1996. 
the Tony Rich Project. Nobody knows it but oh, me. Yes. Oh Jeez. my misery, misery. Yes. That's all. Yes. Pure misery. Yep. And and that completes our top fifteen saddest R and B songs. I only guys, wanted ten. I, I gotta go, guys. I can't. I can't. I just. <laughs> I, I have gotta a, go. <laughs> I have a question. I have a question before we get into the love letters here. Yes. Especially for the two of you guys, because you guys are married. Mm-hmm. At this point in your life, and this is probably only to Ed, because Tom has retired from sad songs. Why do you yes, still I listen? Have. Why do you still listen to sad songs when you're happily married? Because I am such a robot when it comes to listening to music. Because I have this reviewer brain that I don't get emotion <laughs> from most songs. Mm. I'm serious. Like the only emotion I, I get from songs are like from nostalgia. <laughs> So I'll hear a song and I'm like, oh, I remember, blah, 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 blah. But most of the time when I hear a sad song, I'm like, sad song. I'm like registering my brain. How was the production? How was the vocal pitch? I'm not even thinking about the emotional point at some points of those songs. So Mm -hmm. I'll hear the sadness, but it doesn't affect me because I have ice water in my veins, clearly. (laughs) Tom. It is listening to the most heartfelt ballad ever and just saying they're like, yeah, solid track. Yeah, solid. Three and a half star. <laughs> Wait, you're, you're even doing that when you listen to the Tony Thompson record "Goodbye Eyes." Oh, that's nostalgia. That's different. That I'll be like, oh my gosh. That's yeah. That'll have Ed thinking about his fifth grade girlfriend. Please <laughs> <laughs> turn this man's mic off. Can we get her name, Ed? No. All right. You're probably listening. All right. So. <laughs> She might, she might be in the love letters. We'll see, Tom. So what is the love might letters? Might be. For, what, is, what is the love letters for this week, Tom? All right. I'm going to make it even more fun this time around, Ed. Okay. So Love Letters is a feature that it has on Soul and Stereo. His, some of his biggest you know, supporters write in with their problems. I still got a kick out of some of these problems that come with it. <laughs> I mean, a kick is a, a way to describe them. Oh, I'm not going to go into it. Ed always dishes out some great advice. I appreciate reading it. But... What we do in this segment is I picked out a song and Ed gives me advice. Well, Ed gives advice to that singer in that song. Like they yep. were talking to him in the song. So what I'm going to do this time, instead of naming the song, I'm going to read the lyrics. Mm. Okay. Again. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Everything that I've been doing is all bad. I got a oh, chip God. on the side with a wow. curve and a ride. I've been tell I've been telling you so many lies. Ain't nothing good. It's all bad. I just want to confess because it's been going on so long. Well, Mr. Raymond, <laughs> I am glad that you are admitting that you've been all bad. But either you're gonna have to show and prove and not talk about it. I was listening to Bad Habits the other day. I went, in fact, to go get my hair cut, Tom. I listened to it in the car, mm. and I'm like, this dude spends the whole time talking about what bad habits he has. He doesn't say anything about how he's going to stop these bad habits. He just tells us about the bad habits. So this brother, I actually like this confession better than the other confessions. Sorry, y'all going to flame me for that, but I like it better. So it's wonderful that you can share all of your confessions with the world and tell everybody that it's all bad. But if you are still doing bad tomorrow... You get no brownie points, player. And mm. if I listen to the rest of that album, you still doing all bad. You down <laughs> bad in these streets. Wait, what did this line mean? I got a chick on the side with a crib and a ride. Like he had a, he lived with her separately and had a, a car with her or something. Like what? I thought that he bought her house and car. Mm. 
Well, something was oh. ha- something was happening every time he was in LA with his ex girlfriend. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> something. <laughs> oh was my happening. god! Every time. So yes, he's got a whole family on the side. So he's confessing, "I'm doing bad," but he didn't say, "I kicked her out the house." She's still over there living in the Carib in the ride. Wow. <laughs> well, can you even work it out at that point? I mean, who are people willing to work through this? Maybe it might be possible, but then you shouldn't be creating a part two of the confession. You should right. <laughs> if then you're, you're creating just... <laughs> part two, then what's happening? That's you're... my point. Then, then you're done. He talks all the time about how he's trash, but the trash is never taken out of the house. The house just stinks. Oh. And, and what is it? 15 years later, bad habits. He still has the bad habits. He still got bad habits. He loves oh. love. He's just bad at it. Come on, dude. <laughs> you got to respect the guy that's honest. That's all I'll no. say. I mean, you're honest, but you're still whack. Like, oh, jeez. Let's move beyond the whackness. That's what I'm trying to say. Being honest got to count for something, right, Kyle? Oh, yes. No, you got a <laughs> half a point for that. That's another great uh, star life. system. <laughs> it's got to count for something. <laughs> all uh, right. I think that's it for uh, this week. That was fun. What an episode. Um, I liked it. Ed, what's going on with uh, SoInStereo.com? Well, you can check out Soul and Stereo for more love letters, foolishness, as always. But as I mentioned earlier, earlier in the week, I ranked my boy Anthony Hamilton's discography. I feel like going back and revisit it, he has one of the more underrated discographies because it was not too, it was four stars and just flying everywhere. So great albums, <laughs> lots of consistency. And again, that rasp, that just emanates passion and pain and sorrow and old school churchiness. I just love it. So check out that best Anthony Hamilton albums. I have a new ranking probably coming up this week. Also, and I'm exhausted about talking about this and I'll keep it short, but anybody listening to this has heard the annoying conversations, the endless conversations about your boy Lil Nas X and his little devil shoes. Hmm. So being the journalist that I am, I was a little frustrated that we weren't seeing any nuanced conversation. It was all either you're a homophobe or you're just like a Satanist. And I'm like, let's have some conversation about what's good and what's bad about what's going on. So go to Soul and Stereo to check out my thoughts on the whole mess and get kind of good sides about what's going on, what's not going on, what should be going on. And then everybody, let's calm down. Lord, it's Easter tomorrow. Chill out. Wow, Ed, you're cut from a different cloth. Tom, in 2020, 2021 on Twitter, and I know you're back on social media. People just love to argue. It's like they got uh, nothing else better to do with their time. Right? right. What? And it's annoying. I mean, like, we can have conversations, we can agree, and we can disagree, but all of this arguing and accusations and then trolling, and I'm too grown. I guess I have people. <laughs> if you got a 401k, you should not be trolling. That's all I'm saying. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, Tom, what's going on with you know I got so I know you interviewed a couple of people last week. Yeah, well, well, while Ed was arguing with people who had no four hundred one k, I was doing some <laughs> interviews, mm. including our friends Kindred the Family Soul to talk about the new yes. album Anti Anunk. Uh, whoever missed that on Instagram Live, I just published it on the site. It's on our YouTube right now. I also interviewed the Shindellas. That's a group of Lewis York, our friends Claude Kelly and Chuck Harmony. Yep, they're working towards their debut project. Our boy Dollar, who we're hoping to get on the podcast, came through for that. He's a big supporter. Mm. He sat into the interview. That was fun. So 
that one will be out on the site soon if you missed it on Instagram Live. Other than that, you know, we had these couple projects, but it's, a, it's been pretty slow, I'd say, overall in r and I'm just wondering, like, due to COVID, are people, you know, even getting back together and working with other artists yet? Like, still kind of like playing it safe. So I wonder if yeah. we're even going to get a lot of new music in the near future. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Tom. I was just talking about that. Someone was saying, oh, man, it's April and we haven't had very many albums. I think what happened last year is that the albums we were getting were yeah. recorded pre-COVID. Yeah. So now we're stuck in this dead spot where people couldn't get together and record. So it's going to be kind of dry for a while, but that's why I've been doing album rankings and doing some nostalgia yeah. stuff. You guys always have come through with the interviews, so we'll keep it popping until the albums start popping back up. Yeah, I think uh, Queen Nigel is like releasing a deluxe version of her album soon, and then uh, Red California is opening up their venues again for concerts. Mm. I think with like a max capacity of like two hundred people. So I think things are starting to slowly but surely. Uh... Imagine Chris Brown performing in like the arena with two hundred people. That'll be exciting. Well, I, I bet I hope it'd be some space in them seats where you see cousin <laughs> Chris throwing his sweat all over you. Um, and and just... Stokely, Stokely's on the way too. That yes. album should be out this yes. month. Oh, I'm excited yes. for that one. I actually had a chance to hear some of it when I was uh, on his virtual listening party on Zoom. I think that was about a month ago. It sounded good. So um, good. Yep. stay tuned for that. Uh, oh, yeah. I also interviewed Woody from Drew Hill mm. uh, yesterday. Really insightful and great interview really good guy and uh i don't want to spoil anything but i'll just leave you guys with this tom and ed he said that his nine to five is more fulfilling than his time with drew hill i don't know anyone that thinks their nine to five is fulfilling but hey there's one person right there listen player when you don't have to deal with industry nonsense and you don't have to deal with these idiots on twitter throwing you shade because they don't like your song whatever if you can just go in clock in have your boss say what do you did a great job stocking the shelves or whatever in the world he's doing mm-hmm. he can just go home and be fulfilled. The shelves. i bet you he got a 401k so he don't have time to argue with y'all on twitter shout out he's to probably he's probably getting publishing checks he's probably just living good no yep. has right. an old job that's comfortable like i wish artists would be like him and, and be honest as opposed to just writing it out and pretending like they still love the music and just for the money like, I don't like that, but yeah. no, just that's another topic for another day. Yeah, we might have to get Woody on this because he's super entertaining, but uh, maybe next time. Nice. Um, I think that's it for this week, guys. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Oh, Kyle, before yes. we go, yes. before I go, I got to shout out my boy DMX before we go. Mm, I don't yes. know when this airs, but as of this recording, he's having a very rough time. Before we got on the podcast, we heard that he's off the ventilator. He's still in critical condition. He's breathing on his own, but, but still got a lot going on. To me, one of my favorite artists of all time. And this just goes to show what we talk about all the time on the podcast. Let's show love to our veterans. Let's yes. not wait until they're gone to show love because all these little guys y'all love today would not be here for the foundation that was laid. And whether it's hip hop, whether it's R&B, because he did R&B as well, or yeah. some gospel as well. Earl Simmons, my boy, really laid the groundwork from 98 going forward. At one point, 98, 99, he could make the claim to be the best rapper on the planet. So shout out to my boy. Prayers going up. Yep. And let's continue to support our legends. Ed, I'm glad you mentioned that because today was the day. Ironically, I took my son to what Google Maps calls a place of worship. It's the Big Pun mural in the BX Bronx. I saw that. Bronx. Yes. I took Mav to see it. I, I had to, to pay my respects. So 
it's it's a good day for hip hop, and I'm glad to hear DMX is pulling through. Yeah, yeah. yes, Nero yeah. was incredible. I saw that. Shout out to DMX. Hope you're doing better. Hope it's a speedy recovery. But guys, I think uh, I think that's it for this week. So again, guys, follow us on social media at Soulback Podcast. Search us up on Spotify, Google Music, iTunes, whatever your favorite streaming platform is. We'll be there. I don't think we're on title though. I I gotta figure that one out. But other than that. <laughs> uh we'll be back next week with another with another great conversation so we'll talk next week all right all right